Hogan got a lot of big plans. Stand back. And welcome to another episode of By God Almighty! By God Almighty! By God Almighty! The wrestling review show where we crack open a few lovely cans. Ah, lovely cans. Ah, lovely cans. And review the classic wrestling of yesteryear, one pay-per-view at a time. My name is Graham, and as always, I'm joined by the Glamour Girls, Dave. <laughs> Hello. And Dermot. <laughs> yeah. Cheers. Uh, the Glamour Girls. Yes, I'm sorry. Does that make you Jimmy Hurt or? Probably makes me Fabulous Mueller or something. Yeah. Like well, I was going to say something about your weight. But oh, wait. Oh, 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 oh. So, in our last episode, we looked at the very first pay-per-view offering from Jim Crockett and the NWA, Starcade 87. This time round, we're back with the WF for an event that took place on the same night as Starcade, the inaugural Survivor Series event. Vince McMahon decided to hold a pay-per-view event of his own on the same night as the NWA's biggest show of the year but didn't stop there as we discussed in our last episode he threatened pay-per-view providers and cable companies that he would not give them the rights to the show Wrestlemania 4 what a bastard what a bastard if they showed Starcade when Wrestlemania came round it turned around to, to be a bluff anyway but that didn't matter because the tactic still managed to cause irreparable financial damage to Jim Crockett promotions and Survivor Series made it an absolute ton of money which I'll Touch on at maybe the end of the show. Cool. So, uh, and just in case you weren't you? aware, yes, how great Survivor Series was gonna be. Yeah. Gorilla Monsoon introduces it as one of the most prestigious events ever. Not just one of the most prestigious events in wrestling, yeah, ever, most ever. Prestigious event in the history of the world, ever, ever. So it's pretty a, good. He has a great velvet jacket, though. And all oh, he does. Right. So, uh, will we get on with it, lads? Yeah, let's do it. It's WF Survivor Series 1987. November 26th, 1987, in the Richfield Coliseum in Richfield, Ohio. It was Thanksgiving, same night as Starcade, our previous episode. Turkey night. T- Turkey night, as Jesse Ventura called it, when attendance of 21,300, 13,000 more than Starcade. Over 13,000 more. Um, our commentators are Gorilla Monsoon and Jesse the Body Ventura, who was wearing his Whopper snakeskin outfit from WrestleMania 3 again. It's fucking deadly. And, yeah. and he and also has added a pilgrim hat. A pilgrim hat, yeah. <laughs> in honour of Turkey Day. Yeah, Both the lads are looking great. They and for are, some yeah, reason they, look, they get their own introduction from Howard yeah, Finkel. Howard Finkel, the ring announcer. Give, like, when does the commentator get their own introduction? The production quality of this, like, in contrast to the last few... Um, well, maybe, not, maybe not WrestleMania 3, but uh, most of the other ones. Just like this, like this one is just... This is kind of... Because Starcade and this happened on the same night, we're probably going to keep alluding back to Starcade and the differences in the product. You know yeah, I mean? like, but you could definitely see uh, the WWE kind of breaking through into their nineties uh, self. Like they're like it's, the, the, it, they're it's, making the first step the, towards the it with this. Yeah, 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 the, yeah. The mega boom. So Survivor Series is kind of a concept pay per view where 
it's not so much anymore but originally it's multi-person tag team elimination matches so excuse me Jesse and Gorilla kind of run down the rules with us about how they can be eliminated and it's basically fairly simple how you can lose any match so either pinfall submission count out disqualification but then they've added a fifth one which is like at the referee's discretion if you're injured mm. and I thought that was like going to come into play in a match maybe later on it didn't no yeah because you know it usually they'll yeah when, when they highlighted that I was kind of expecting that as yeah, well they yeah, might yeah. see it later but uh, yeah. yeah you get a nice little graphic and it was a good introduction because obviously this is the first ever Survivor Series and I thought the commentators did a good job of getting the idea of the pay-per-view across and what the concept was yeah most definitely that like the, I, obviously in hindsight I obviously knew what the concept was but I didn't think there to be any confusion and it's pr- it's pretty straightforward tight team matches lads are eliminated whoever's yeah. left is yeah. the survivors or sole survivors Match Iverahane number one is the team of King Harley Race, Hercules, Dangerous Danny Davis, the outlaw Ron Bass making his pay-per-view debut and their captain is the WWF Intercontinental Champion, the Honky Tonk Man and they are against Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, Brutus the Barber Beefcake, Jake the Snake Roberts, Hacksaw Jim Duggan making his official in-ring debut and their captain is the Macho Man Randy Savage. Uh, we get promos from both teams before what did you make of the Honky Tonk Man's team's promo <laughs> <laughs> it was interesting the The first thing I noticed was uh, the interviewer whose name I can't remember cause Craig DeGeorge right, well, I he's had to no, write that down I didn't get that off the top of my head he's, um, no, he's no Lord Alfred Hayes anyway no, no way but uh, he uh, doesn't seem to know which one is which and he think he addresses a question to uh Ron Bass but he actually asked Danny Davis and they just kind of ignore the fact that he has made this yeah. big little boo-boo there what about um, the indirect rape threat on the Honky Tonk Man's <laughs> part he was like oh if that Miss Elizabeth yeah. gets in the ring I'm going to give her the shake rattle and roll he's going to put we, her he, down the he, canvas he does not mean a swing and neck breaker he means he's going to have sex with her whether she wants to or not which is as far as I know serious heat though <laughs> Rape is generally going to create <laughs> You're looking at the best The greatest intercontinental heavyweight champion of all time And I don't care Elizabeth, if you set foot in a ring You're going to get exactly what you deserve I'm going to do something nobody's ever done Shake, rattle and roll you Elizabeth, I'm going to leave you laying macho I'm going to get you steamboat Snake, beefcake I'm going to get you Dougie Let's go I thought the honky talk man was great on the mic I thought he was no, brilliant to this show He is, but like it it's, it wasn't subtle. <laughs> no, no. It just wasn't subtle. I love Hercules in the background just going mad with his chains. Going on a fucking rasher one. He was going mad. So I kind of found up most of the promos for this show a little, just a little bit cringy because everyone just got like flexing their muscles in the it's, background. It is a big flexy, flexy muscle thing. Uh, the uh, kind of background on this one. This one has a, a big background to it. Is that 
Uh, Ricky Steamboat, who we saw defeat the Macho Man at WrestleMania 3 for the Intercontinental title, wanted time off because his wife was pregnant. And Vince said, yeah, that's fine, but you have to drop the strap because yeah, fair enough. we don't want the champ off the road. And Ricky was like, Grant, the original plan had been for him to drop it to Butch Reed. But, as fate would have it, Reed no-showed the event where the title change was meant to take place. Oh. So, the honky-tonk man was given the belt instead. So, right place, right time kind of situation. Yeah, like, I guess I mean? so, and yeah. I'd say if he didn't win that belt, you probably wouldn't. He'd probably be in the likes of the dangerous Danny Davis of this world. Like, yeah, fuck? It's a, it's, I don't like the gimmick. I don't like the Honky Talk Man's gimmick, to be honest. No, it no. Doesn't, it doesn't. It's do, what he do did have a great run with the Intercontinental. Yeah, that's right. it. That's he's, it. Yeah. He, I think, I believe but what you're saying still, there is like, yeah. that's the reason why he had such a great run. Yeah, it's because he got the belt. Yeah. And he's, I believe he's still the longest ever reigning Serious. single yeah, reign. Yeah, he's like synonymous with days. that title. Yeah. Like, when you think of the Intercontinental title, he's one of the people you think yeah. of. Meanwhile, while he was with the belt, Savage was beginning his face turn on the house shows, defeating Heels. Um and then he took a bit of umbrage with Honky Tonk to declaring himself the greatest intercontinental champ ever. So they had a match for the title on Saturday night's main event in October of 87, which Savage won via disqualification when the Hart Foundation interfered on Honky's behalf. Uh, the Hart Foundation held Savage while Honky Tonk attacked him with a guitar, but he also put his hands on Miss Elizabeth, which is... Yeah, a big no. Oh, no, no, no. So Miss Elizabeth ran to the back and got the Hulkster, Coke Hogan. And he came out... Coke Hogan. Helped... Sorry, Kokogan, and helped rescue Randy Savage. And they had this massive, long, drawn out handshake in the ring, ultimately cementing Savage's whopper face torn yeah. and basically creating the mega powers, which is deadly. Really um, another thing to note is between WrestleMania 3 and this, Hacksaw Jim Duggan has both been fired and rehired. <laughs> uh, it was, he was him and Iron Sheik were arrested for cocaine and cannabis possession. That's not why they were fired. They were fired because a heel and a face were caught travelling together. Yeah. Exposing the business. Oh Exposing my God. The business. Yeah. So obviously a few months later, Dogan was rehired. Yeah. And brought back into the things. Um, for better or for worse. For worse in my opinion, but like that's neither here nor there. The face team get a promo, although it's mainly Macho Man. What did you make of the face promo? I, th- I think, like, like I said before, most of these promos are kind of mayhem a little bit. Yeah, um, I love when Randy Savage kind of came out and just stood in front of everyone. Yeah, he made an entrance to the promo. Yeah, it was yeah. brilliant. <laughs> yeah, he's pretty good. <laughs> Jesus, I just looked at my notes there regarding this promo. He doesn't actually say that, but he's in the back, and it just says Jim Duggan seems legitimately remedial. <laughs> <laughs> he really does. <laughs> doesn't he? Like, he just looks like a gobshoy, a buffoon, the village idiot. I would say he is. Um, a buffoon of the highest order oh Christ Miss Elizabeth, Miss Elizabeth looks, looks uh, amazing though Miss Elizabeth is quite the beautiful specimen of a woman mm-hmm. the match itself what did you make of it? Uh, yeah really enjoyed it yeah it was a great match yeah I mean you just like, go on no no it just oh. it, it kind of speaks for itself I think there's a lot of talent in the ring like you know and yeah, that's all I was going to say you just yeah. look at that face team and like it's amazing like every single one of them could have been at least an intercontinental title holder or a heavyweight oh, where? yeah or where yeah. like Jake the Snake never held that title but he easily could have yeah. I mean when I look at this match these are like all the wrestlers I remember from my childhood as being my favourite lads like they're, like this match is really nostalgic for me because these well, apart from like Danny Davis and Ron Bass every yeah. other one of these characters like I remember really well exactly they like stand out so I mean, uh, the thing I kind of noticed about the face team is how colourful they were yeah they're like, very I don't mean like I mean 
their attires it's pinks and purples and zebra prints and all that shit uh, Brutus Beefcake Atoria is very homoerotic. It's very homoerotic. <laughs> they kind of they kind of uh, mesh down the sides. Yeah, like is it is it wrestling tights or is it like sexy tights? It, I don't know. Like, <laughs> it, I don't want it to look like sexy tights. I don't. I don't. Um, but it does look like sexy tights. So I think at this point we are gonna have to uh, say there's several mullets in this yeah, match. I was about to oh say, yeah, the mullet count. I would put the count of mullets in this at. I can see two on the screen three. right now. Well, we have beefcake. Yeah. Outlaw Ron Bass. Ron Bass. Jake the Snake. Jake the Snake. Is that three? That's three. I don't think there's really any more. Yeah, yeah. Duggan's hair is just long. Well, we have Jimmy Hart on the outside who's definitely got one. Okay, that's four. Okay, four. So, four. In match number one. Number four. Number four. Yeah, the in-ring action. Oh, it was... Like, even pieces of garbage like Danny Davis. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. He didn't do much, but that didn't matter. Everybody... Crowd were into everything was over. Yeah, everything was over. Fucking clotheslines were over. Like, well, like, punches were all. It was crazy. Every every person in this match has an individual character, and they have a gimmick, and their gimmicks are all over. Like, you mm. know, like you, obviously, I can remember all these lads and what their gimmicks were like. But yeah, they all they have all gimmicks. they all have gimmicks that appeal mm. to the crowd, and they all the, work. The least gimmicky gimmick is probably Jim Duggan. Yeah. And it's still a gimmick of the whole oh yeah, and, yeah, and the yeah. thumbs up and shit like but it's brilliant. I was really pleased that they got Race and Duggan out there pretty quick. Yeah, same yeah, here. Yeah. You no, know, Race. We all know Race is unbelievable, but and but he's he's really Elvis Prime here, isn't he? He's got he's his he's in awful shape. Yeah, you know what I mean. They need to get him out, and I'm glad they got Duggan out because he is the drizzle. Yeah, he's <laughs> terrible. He is fucking woeful. Uh, what did what did you think of the ending having like three faces against one heel? Like, but it was the three lads who they all had something against Honky Tonk. Yeah, because Jake had been feuding with Honky Tonk and they faced off at WrestleMania three, and then he beat Steamboat for the title. So that's why Steamboat hates him. And obviously, he, he touched hates, Miss Elizabeth. Yeah, so. attack, yeah, yeah. So that's, that's not going to go Yeah, yeah. I also thought the heel thing of him getting himself counted out at the very end because he was left on his own was. That was good. It was brilliant. I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, it looked yeah. like Jesse Ventura tried to put it over as being honourable. He's doing the honourable thing so he doesn't um, get injured and is not able to defend his belt. It's like he's obviously a fucking shit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Jesse Ventura does that really well, though. Like especially Jesse Ventura you, is really good on this show. In the main event, I've said oh, he's excellent. I've said bad he's so about good on this show, but he's really yeah. good on this show. I think that. Jesse Ventura as the heel commentator he does such a good job of explaining like or trying to make the heels seem like you know he's taking the heels point of view and then Gorilla Monsoon doesn't really have anything any comeback he's yeah. just like oh come on Jesse don't be saying that yeah. and it's like <laughs> he and you're looking any... at it and you're like Jesse's kind of right he is doing the yeah. right thing here he has no counter argument no. to anything Jesse says yeah. no but Jesse is like he's the perfect heel commentator on this show he does a great job of getting like the heel point of view over on everything I think obviously Savage is whatever Savage just has to put his hand in the air and the crowd fucking go bananas but I think one of the most over things in this match is not a person it's the DDT did you hear them going fucking mad for the DDT when uh, Roberts hits Danny Davis with it and they go bananas and then he 
he does the set up the short arm clothesline yeah. to someone else later on and everyone's like DDT like a DDT chant breaks out it's, just, yeah, that's, it's amazing that's what I, I love about uh, Jake Roberts is that he has that setup. when everyone sees the short, line close, like, short arm clothesline they know what's coming next yeah. and it's something that a lot of wrestlers don't do anymore but like having that setup move it kind of sets up the spot and they know what's coming next and it builds you know, anticipation he's the DDT yeah. Or, yeah exactly and it's it's really good kind of thing to have um, and I like that and yeah. the DDT is really over and also Damien is quite over <laughs> Damien is mega over circling back to the um, to the crowd yeah there were some fucking great chances at this show yeah there it's were some brilliant chances yeah they were and they loved every, they like, loved everything they loved everything yeah. there was no like they never seemed bored for a second no matter even when it was rest halls they were like this is great yeah, yeah. fucking chin lock they loved it every, <laughs> like they did they they really loved it so I think we're all in agreement that that was a great opener. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, I think it's probably, probably the, best, the, best the best WrestleMania had, opener I think so far. So wrestling opener, it's not wrestling. No. Oh, Survivor Series, of course. Jesus yeah. Christ! Yeah. Sorry, the best yeah. WWE opener that we've watched so far. I yeah. think. As it's eliminations, I'll give a quick run through. Jim Duggan and Harley Race are both counted out at the same time for brawling on the outside after five minutes. Ron Bass is eliminated by Beefcake with a high knee. Beefcake is then eliminated by the Honky Tonk with his. Swinging neck breaker finisher, the shake, rattle, and roll. The Dan- beaver, as Dangerous Danny Davis is eliminated by Jake Roberts, who hits him with the DDT, and the crowd go apeshit. Uh, Hercules is then eliminated by Randy Savage with the patented flying elbow smash. And then Honky Tonk eliminates himself via self inflicted count out because he doesn't want to get an injury. <laughs> Uh, at tw- to bring the match to a close at 24 minutes with the survivors being Randy Savage Jake Roberts and Ricky the Dragon Steamboat didn't feel like 24 minutes no. did not feel like 24 minutes whatsoever didn't it it was a great match uh, yeah it was, it was constant action like and there was no like Bollocks. long rest spots it was just quick tags yeah, in and out could just tag in and out and everything was easy like what a fucking match <laughs> before we move on to match number two that Jabroni Craig George is uh, backstage with the main event heel team who are managed by Slick and Bobby Brian Heenan and they do a little promo uh, Heenan mainly because he's fucking yeah. fabulous yep. he could talk his way out of anything and then Andre's bit is very oh, very very uh, scary uh, Andre is like a precursor to the Dungeon of Doom here he's like Talking to Hogan and he's like, I'm going to take your soul. Yeah, and then his teeth are about the size They're of horrible. the front door. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's a freaky, freaky promo. Yeah. But it's it's good, it gets the whole thing across. Yeah. They allude back to the fact that Andre apparently beat Hogan at WrestleMania three. There was a three count. There wasn't really. There wasn't it's a three count. Such a a weak argument. It but, is uh, a weak argument, yeah. So shoulders definitely up like and they show the camera angle it's just like why, why are you still going on about this exactly, exactly. there's something about um, Andre's dead eyes isn't there yeah where he just stares they're at the kind of still the cool blue kind of it's like oh he, look, he stop looking at me you horrible bastard <laughs> <laughs> match number two is a ladies match and it is the glamour girls not Dave and Dermot the other glamour girls <laughs> Judy Martin and Leilani Coy who we haven't seen since Wrestlemania 2 Dawn Marie not, not a VCW <laughs> no um, Donna Cristinello who is fucking mad old and their team captain is the WF Women's Champion Sensational Sherry 
who's a bit of a babe. Yeah, she would definitely get yeah. it. Yeah, and they're against the team of Velvet McIntyre. From, uh, uh, is it Cork, Ireland? Dublin, oh, Dublin It was Ireland? Cork at WrestleMania 2. Now she's Dublin. Now she's from Dublin. Of yeah. course. She somehow wants to change where she was yeah. from. I don't know. Um, I don't know. Rock and Robin. The Jumping Bomb Angels, Itsuki Yamazaki and Norio Tateno. On their team, Captain... The sixty-four-year-old fabulous Moolah. You actually, you actually know their names, so yes. you're one step ahead of yeah, the commentators <laughs> on the show. Well done. They were really bad. They were like, <laughs> it quite, like it's not racist as such, yeah. but like learn the girls' names. I mean, I know, say. I know, like they're two Japanese. They girls. were wearing probably, different attire. Yeah, Come they hadn't on, been they in the wearing, promotion before, but yeah. they look nothing alike, and they're wearing different. They're wearing, you know yeah. what you happens? Don't. The same thing happens in the tag match as well. Yeah, yeah. with uh, the Islanders. Yeah, yeah, where Samoan. You just, racist bastard, Monsoon. Just, just learn their name. Oh, it's Jesse as well. Like a jumping bomb oh, angel, oh, number oh. one. <laughs> Jesse seems legitimately impressed with the jumping bomb angels oh, in this match. Yeah. He doesn't even seem like he's commentating. He seems like he's a fan just going, fucking hell. He's probably never seen them before. No, and he was just like, he was like, and they were the, they came across as the faces to me. Yeah, and he was yeah. like, Gorilla, what, like, what the fuck is going on, basically? Uh, the, the, the thing is, though, this match, like, the crowd is a lot more dead for this match, and I don't think it's really the women's fault because it's not a bad match. Like, and oh, I was no, expecting. What like, I think, what I think happened is they were expecting garbage. Like we yeah. were probably yeah, expecting. Yeah. I was expecting garbage, and yeah. I was pleasantly surprised. Yeah, exactly. I think the fact, right. like you know, all those characters cut in the previous out, match. Cut but, out the sixty-four-year-old Fabulous Mula and the forty-five-year-old Donna Cristinello, and then the green as grass, Rock and Robin yeah. and Don Marie. Now I know. That's I'm after cutting half the match, but that, <laughs> they only had small parts. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Most of them were eliminated within the first like six or seven minutes. Yeah, and then Sherry was great. Glamour girls were great. Glamour girls were brilliant. Velvet McIntyre was grand. I thought she was okay. She was decent. Yeah, I thought yeah, she, was good. she did this weird thing where she went for crossbody and the person spun her around and she. It was like a she on her shoulders, yeah. right? And then no, no. It was like she went for crossbody and then spun around. On the axis of like their belly, it was freaky looking, but it was fucking deadly. It's good. Um, yeah, like the um, jumping bomb angels are the main thing that stand out from this match for me because yeah. they're just like, I'd never seen them before, and they're they're like deadly. They're just pulling out all these mad moves that you all just these, don't like, expect. Arm drags and hurricane rounds yeah. and head scissors and shit like proper deadly wrestling. Um, basically, yeah. So the match before it even starts, there's I think I don't know if it was a rib on Mueller or what the story is, but she's announced as being 160 the pounds and the face when she gets announced that that way she is so pissed off and the commentators are having a great laugh at her expense. <laughs> Columbia, South Carolina, weighing 160 pounds, the fabulous Mueller. <laughs> well, this would actually be Fabulous Mueller's last WF pay-per-view appearance for a whopping 12 years. Jesus. We'll next see her at No Mercy 99 where she'll face Ivory and defeat her for the WF Women's Champion at the, at the tender age of 76. Jesus. I think um, this match was good and all um, yeah. but I still kind of found myself thinking a little bit like that doesn't look real. Like, yeah. Yeah. Not but really. you know what I was kind of getting a little bit annoyed at that stage then I was like oh, for fuck's sake. You know, I was like Jesus. I was getting frustrated watching it. At, at the wrestlers, at, no, at, at just at, yeah, at, at the at the, mm. the show, like you know, like pulling them along, you know, there's there's there's, yeah. there's very little left. I know this, this is kind of symptomatic of a lot of women's wrestling um, back around this time. Yeah, obviously it's a different arena now, but like you know, it just it really brought me out of the whole kind of like wrestling, in, in, enjoying yeah. enjoying it for what it is. Like you know, it's like, yeah, not making any effort. It felt, but, it like, felt a lot of the time that the jumping bomb angels 
when they were walking with whoever, they had to like almost shoot on them. Yeah. Like it was like the other people didn't know what they were doing and the bomb angels just had to fucking throw them around and pull their hair. Yeah. And, you know, so like, like, yeah, I think you could see that some of the women in this match really knew what they were doing and were good workers and then yeah. there was others who were just like green as grass and it was it was hard for yeah. the ones who knew what they were doing to try and get the best out of them but like there's some very good spots in it but I kind of found there was a lack of psychology in the match definitely yeah definitely. it only really came it's just like it only spot really came spot. to something when it got down to the final four who were the bomb angels versus the glamour yeah. girls which was to set them up for Royal Rumble 88 uh, where they had a two out of three falls tag team match yeah, for the WF women's title. Yeah. The only time it's women's ever, tag team title. Women's yeah. tag team title, sorry. The only time it's ever been defended on a televised thing. And it's actually meant to be a pretty decent match. Oh, yeah? I'd say yeah. it would be. Like, we won't be teams, that wasn't a pay-per-view, so yeah. we probably won't be reviewing it, but it's meant to be a, like a, at least a three-star match. And that's yeah. that's strange for 80s women's wrestling. But both yeah. of those teams in this match were the best part of this match. They were the so four you best would expect workers, that yeah. would be a good match. What I did like about this match is that it kind of set up storylines for the future events. Like the champion gets pinned, so that's setting up a future title match, and then the yeah. tag team beat the tag team champion. That sets up a tag yeah, team so. match. Um, bit of trivia: Rock and Robin in the red. Mm-hmm. She's related to another wrestler on the show. Can you guess who? No, no. guesses. No, she's the younger sister of Jake the Snake Roberts. No way! There you go. Oh wow! Yeah. Nice. She looks like she's about twenty years younger than him. It's crazy. Like that's like she's yeah, she only yeah. looks in her twenties. She can't run the ropes either. No, like no. your brother is one of the greatest psychologists and a pretty fucking good wrestler. Yeah, yeah. and you can't run the ropes. Yeah, uh, some of the the attire in this match uh, left a bit <laughs> lot to be desired. It's pretty much just like it's a, a one piece swimming suit. Yeah, yeah. But, like you think that'd be grand but looking at not. a woman in a swimming suit, but it's it's not. No, no. Um, but, geez, the one thing we ha- really have to mention, uh, obviously, before the finish of this match, Jimmy Hart's bump is ridiculous. Oh, it is brilliant. One of, one of the bomb angels. excellent. Give him, like, a front drop kick yeah, off the apron, exactly. and he just fucking he, drops himself. I'm surprised he didn't break his neck or mm. kill himself. Like, you can see him coming down. Like, he, he knows bump. how to fall, though. He does. He you knows, know, you can see him coming the, down. The thing that pissed me off was the final elimination was barely even caught on camera. It was like a flying clothesline, and... You see the bomb. I think it was um, Titano, Norio Titano, uh, who came off with a diving clothesline. But you see her going airborne, and then it cuts to Jimmy Hart in bits, and then you see her just pinning the girl yeah. in the ring. You don't ever actually see her hitting the clothesline. Um, her big thing of bridging out of pins was really good as well, and really ahead of its time. Really Definitely, of, yeah. there but, was uh, a bit of a botch job yeah, towards, the, towards the end. Yeah, she she bridges out of a pin, but the bell is rung. As though there was a three count and okay. there wasn't, and they just keep going. Okay. But it was like it was really weird. Yeah. I don't know why the timekeeper would ring the bell if the ref doesn't signal to him. Mm. Like there was a great um, moolah chant during this match. Was there? Oh my god, it was hilarious. I, th- I just found it very funny. There's like moolah, Flanders, <laughs> Ripple Ripple Sorry, inside joke. Sorry, little. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I was pleasantly surprised. I think. Yeah, I was pleasantly was. surprised. Yeah. yeah, didn't didn't make me want to pull my hair out. It made me or, want to see more of the jumping bomb angels. That's the main thing. Yeah. This match I is. will be looking at Royal Rumble '88 to yeah. see that two yeah, and three yeah. fast tag team match. Stephanie running through the L eliminations. Donna Christianello is eliminated by Velvet McIntyre with a victory roll. Then Don Marie is eliminated by the Rock and Robin with a cross body. Robin is then eliminated by Sensational Sherry with just a vertical suplex. 
Moolah is fucking thank God eliminated by uh, Julie Martin when the Glamour Girls hit her with a double clothesline at 11 minutes. Why was Moolah in this match for 11 minutes? Sherry is eliminated by Velvet McIntyre with her second victory roll of the match. McIntyre is eliminated. I thought this was a deadly spot. Uh, McIntyre went for a third victory roll on Leilani Coy and Leilani Coy did like a slingshot electric chair drop. That was Brilliant. a really good it spot. It was a great spot. A really good yeah, spot. I really enjoyed that. Lenani Koi eliminated her. Then Koi was eliminated by Yamazaki with a diving crossbody. And finally, Judy Martin was eliminated by Norio Tateno with a flying clothesline when the match came to close at 20 minutes. Long it, match for a, for a women's match didn't back feel then. Like 20 no, minutes didn't feel like again. 20 minutes for me So either. the survivors were the jumping bomb angels, Itsuki Yamazaki and Norio Tateno. <laughs> Match number three is the rules are a little bit tweaked because it's a 20 man tag team match as opposed to a 10 man and it's basically the entire tag team division five heel teams versus five face teams but the way it works is if one person is pinned their regular tag team partner is also eliminated so example if Bret Hart was pinned Jim Hoydart would also be eliminated so it's a bit a little bit different to the usual rules but the thing it shows most I feel is the depth of the tag team division at the time yeah oh my god like it's definitely the best tag team division WWF has yeah. ever had phenomenal like uh, every single one of these teams deadly uh, the teams are the Bolsheviks Nikolai Volkov and Boris Zukov Demolition Axe and Smash who are making their pay-per-view debut uh, the new dream team Greg Valentine and Dino Bravo the Islanders Hakio and Tama and their captaining team the Hart Foundation Bret Hart and Jim Neidhart they're against the team of the British Bulldogs, Dave Boy Smith and the Dynamite Kid. The Young Stallions, Jim Powers and Paul Roma. <laughs> <laughs> the Fabulous Rougeaus, Jacques and Raymond. The Killer Bees, B. Brian Blair and Jumpin' Jim Brunzel. And their team captains are the WF Tag Team Champions, Strike Force, Rick Martel and Tito Santana. Like, that took me a good 70 seconds to name all those yeah. fucking people in that match. But that shows how, like I was saying, the depth of the tag team division. It's crazy and the, the fact they could pull out five heel teams and five, five face teams. who are all I would say all the teams by the new dream team are not a joke and I like, like they're not even really a joke I think it's the way Dino Bravo wrestles he wrestles <laughs> like he's a joke yeah because that makes it like when he sells things he sells like he's a fucking idiot and when he like you know, I don't know I don't like Dino Bravo basically yeah, is what I'm saying yeah. but the amount of fucking teams in this yeah I really like really the way it, the, the the kind of scale it gave to the uh, to the ring itself. The ring was fucking huge. Yeah, yeah, twenty like eighteen lads on the outside and two inside. Yeah, it's it's yeah. fucking massive. It's fucking massive. What I did like is before the match there was promos from both sides. The heels went first. Heenan and Jimmy Hart did all. Jimmy Hart came back from taking that whopper bump yeah. in the women's match, changed his deadly spray painted <laughs> jacket, and did a promo while he was doing it. It was fucking. Top notch shit. What a man. It was. It Top was really good. Top notch heel stuff. Uh, all the lads in the back are just literally going rah, 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 not making flexing their muscles, flexing and muscles and making noises. What I thought was pretty cool was uh, Craig DeGeorge goes, "Oh Heenan, where are the Bolsheviks?" And he's like, 
they're out there getting ready to sing. And, uh, and then they do that whole gimmick of trying to sing. Uh, yeah. Okay. Oh, Lord, oh, lovely cans. A very lovely can. I, I don't even know if we can keep up with the mullet count in this match. Is it, it? Shit, we didn't. Hold on. Let me take a breather. We're going to have to rehash back to the women's match. Do, are we l- counting mullets for female? Is that a separate count uh, or is it all the same count? count? Is that I think a that's a different count. Yeah. Well, think, are women allowed to have mullets? Is that what well, you're saying? See, a, woman, a female mullet is different though. It is. Because it, 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 it could pass as a normal hairdo, but a, a mullet on a guy is very distinctive. Yeah. Okay. I think we, I think we need a separate count. You can count say any women woman with bangs has a mullet, essentially. Yeah, okay. Okay. No, I agree. I just... It's needed clarification. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, I'm also skipping the uh, male promo or the baby face promo. The male promo. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? the female match we're okay. uh, Yeah, the baby face promo. The main thing to take away from that is uh, Strike Force have deadly headbands with Strike Force on them. Yeah, and their main uh, their main line is unity for victory. Unity for victory. It's deep, man. Uh, and then they all it, come in into the ring, put their hands in the middle, and do a big cheer. Yay! Oh, that's kind of they're like the most baby spazzy, face of baby faces. I, 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 I think Rick Martel is a fucking infuriating baby face. Ah, uh, he's just constantly just shaking his hands and smiling, putting with up his f- knees really high. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you'll come in, it'll be a hot tag, and instead of him just clotheslining every motherfucking side. He'll forearm some lad and then turn to the crowd and just go like well, start like, cheering for ages. He's so irritating as a face that you can see why he made such a good heel. Exactly. Yeah, That's why they had to yeah. turn because he's such an irritating baby face. Just it's non-stop so jumping over up the and top, down like, high fives throwing shit to the crowd. He's like one of those you know like a, a politician running for president and they're just fucking kissing babies and going to school. He's like he's essentially like that and it's fucking infuriating. So before before we get to the in-ring <laughs> stuff, we'll be try and complete a mull account. Okay. Yeah, all right. So we'll go with the heels. So... Bret Hart. Um, Smash's hair isn't long yet, so... He's a, Bret Hart. Could you call Smash's hair a mullet? I, I think I would. Okay, Smash. <laughs> Greg Valentine. Mm-hmm. Tam? Definitely Tama, I would Tama? say... I'd say you could push out for Haku as well, but definitely Tama. Definitely Tama. So that's four on the on the heel team. Yeah. Well, both of the killer bees have mullets. Uh, no, not. No, B. Brian Blair. Yeah, B. Brian Blair does, yeah. Both Santana, Martel, Paul. Paul Roma. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, that's. So. What's counting history? Eight? Eight out of the twenty men have mullets. Would so you say twelve altogether? Twelve so far. Twelve mullets. Twelve three mullets. matches in. Yeah, and we're not going to read three matches out of a four-match event, though. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But the average of four mullets per match. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it's only really two, two matches because yeah, we're not counting <laughs> mullet mats. That's what this is. Mullet, mullet mats. <laughs> I'm so sorry. No, don't okay. be. I love it. After right, all that bollocks out of the way. This match in ring. What did you make? I loved it. Yeah, fucking loved it. I thought it was a fucking brilliant match. It was it was a crazy match. Wasn't it was it? insane. Yeah. Like it was just non-stop action, and it was just. I think I actually got tired. It was. Yeah, like, I was like, here. fucking yeah. hell. I kind of like thought it was almost like uh, like a lucha match because it was just, just non-stop like, tags. Yeah, it's just yeah. non-stop tags in and out. Just like so many spots, everyone getting their shit in, and it was like it was really good. Uh, but I thought. 
the highlight of the match was when uh, Brett and Dynamite Kid got in together. You could see the chemistry they had. Mm. Like they weren't in that that long, but everything they did together was so yeah. crisp. Was I awesome. know. I have to say, every time Brett had came into the ring for me for this match, I was like, oh. Mark, no. I really yeah. kind of paid attention then. Like, yeah. I kind of stood up and I was like, holy shit, this is fucking deadly. Um, I know I was slating him there with calling him Paul Roma, but I thought his elimination of Greg Valentine was fucking whopper. Where Valentine was trying to put Jim Powers in the figure four. And he didn't realise Powers had tagged Roma and Roma did a dive and sunset flip yeah. while Valentine was down putting the figure forward. I thought, yeah, that yeah, looked, yeah. I thought that was one of the best eliminations on the show. It was a fucking amazing spot by Paul Roma. When, uh, <laughs> when, when Demolition were coming out, Jesse Ventura goes, these two guys remind me of someone. And I was just expecting him to go... Yeah. The Legion of Doom but uh, no he actually goes oh these guys from The Running Man this movie I'm in oh, but yeah. it was just the way he said it. these two guys remind me of someone The Running Man was the number one movie that weekend uh, it was the intro of our last episode of the yeah. where he played sorry one moment uh, lovely, lovely. Can. lovely can. where he played uh, Captain Freedom Captain Freedom. In the run- I've actually never seen The Running Man. Me neither. I should probably rectify that. Yeah. But yeah, and he wouldn't. He, sh- he wouldn't shut up about it. Two films are Arnie in the one year. That's impressive, Jesse. Yeah, oh, I, Jesse. Yeah. Han, Han, Jesse. Um, Jesse. Every time Tama is in the ring, for some reason, Jesse is calling him Toma. Yeah. Like, yeah, Tama, yeah like, I don't know what the story is. Monsoon corrects him, and he still goes, oh, "I'll call him." Basically, he goes, "I'll call him what I want because I'm a big white man." And he's not. <laughs> yeah. He's not from America. I don't yeah. need to know who to I do like the name. Irelanders though. They're very good. Yeah. They're really good yeah. in this match. I'd say they kick the shit out of you. Really they are, definitely. teams are really good in this match. Yeah, true. Would you like to know a bit? Haku was contacted about fighting at UFC 4 back in like 1995. No way. When he was in WCW. And WCW wanted him to do it. Because WCW were looking to start doing MMA pay-per-views. Mm. But obviously that never came to fruition. But I'd say if he was in there, I'd hate to be on the other end of that oh, fight. Geez. All the stories you hear about him, like just pulling lads' eyes out and biting their lips yeah, and nose yeah. off. He's a scary. Mo- like him versus Dynamite, I was like, that must be the stiffest yeah. fucking scrap going. Because Dynamite was meant to be a nutter as well. Sorry. You, oh yeah. Oh wait, you're looking to say something. I was just wondering, do you think it would be as? Stiff I don't as think a it's as. In the playground. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's as stiff as a pedophile in the playground. That right. it's not. It's not. It's Ronnie not Rick Garvin Flair. Rick Flair. Flair. Yeah. But it's still pretty stiff. Yeah. The the thing that made me sad about this match was that the killer beats killer bees. Oh, yeah. <laughs> killer <laughs> tofu. Yeah. They now have the killer bees. God. They now have boots. They've got rid of their amazing Air Jordans from the last time oh, we saw yeah, them. Yeah. I was a bit upset about that. that. I can't lie. Um, the other saddening thing is if you go down to like a village of some kippy place in Dublin you'll see boards wearing the Islanders pajamas to the fucking super value oh yeah they look exactly like pennies man even if you walk into the city centre you go on Cork Street you see that shit man a load of shit Uh, how are you hun alright love Um, are you part of the Islanders eh (laughs) (laughs) sorry Uh, Um, I like the way Paul Roma came out with like you know slick backed mullet but then because it obviously dried out in the heat yeah it just became this whopper easy E perm <laughs> <laughs> it looks hilarious but the gee the constant tagging this the, the match everybody got their spots in they yeah. got all, everybody everybody excuse me 
everybody I think bar the Bolsheviks got offensive yeah well the Bolsheviks because they went out in 90 seconds yeah. but do you think like the Bolsheviks must have been delighted with themselves like they're they're doing that house circuit every week and then they come Just, out here pretty, pretty much a night off 90 seconds and they get a pay-per-view payoff yeah. Yeah, they're probably yeah. absolutely delighted sing the fucking national anthem do no uh, work I don't, did Volkov Volkov probably hit a few clotheslines and then um, what's his name Boris Zukov down the ropes a bit and took a bit of a drop yeah, yeah. That was, like, you know what I mean say he's delighted with himself I thought Stop. the psychology in this match was just like it's hard to kind of to create a, a somewhat kind of psychological um, it, 20 it, man tag team match you know, but psychology never really played a part until about 20 minutes in yeah. when, they were, when, when they, it was when whittled they, down when it was whittled down yeah, exactly. and then, then they could actually play, out, uh, play something but that's out great with, though like, because yeah. you get the action and the, and the spots and the high spots and stuff yeah. at the start and then at the end of it you get a, a, a really good kind of like a six was a six man tag team match, wasn't it? it was uh, yeah, six man um, at the end of it? I, th- I think it became eight man. It was eight. Yeah. Oh, eight. Oh, sorry, sorry. And then eventually the faces had like two teams versus one team, yeah. so it was four versus two. Mm. And then, yeah. yeah, but like I know it's the killer bees gimmick, but like when the faces are four on two to have the killer bees pull cheat out the mask and cheat to win, it it seemed a bit heinous. That's not a face tactic. That's a tweener tactic. It, yeah. it is, and the. The bees are very facey, facey. They're very, they're almost Rick Martel cheering too much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And then when you have already have the extra team to pull that out of the bag to win, it's just, it was just. Yeah, it wasn't like the killer bees were down two to one and they made a whopper comeback. They also had the young stallions in their corner. It was a nice finish, though. It was. I thought the finish was quite nice. The slingshot sunset flip. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um. Bit bizarre having Strike Force go out so early and so yeah. easily being the tag team champions. Yeah. They went out after twelve minutes like of a thirty seven minute match. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That's and it was like it, it wasn't even Hang on. It was like thirty seven minutes. Yeah, it didn't minutes. feel like thirty seven minutes, but it was a long it was the longest match That's on the card, but it flew boy. Long ass match. Yeah. Um, thirty seven minutes. Like yeah, because Demolition went out relatively early as well, but they were like protected. They didn't they're get pinned. They're only coming up. Like they're only coming up. Yeah, yeah. but it's fair but enough. Yeah, like they were protected though. They, they didn't they get were pinned. Because, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Whereas Strike Force Tag Team Champions just got eliminated. And it wasn't even anything major. It was Santana was pinning Nightheart after his flying forearm finisher. The ref's back was turned, and Bret Hart literally came in, dropped an elbow on Santana's head, and then flipped them over, and then Nightheart got the three count. That was like. Wasn't like he used a weapon or like you know like Jimmy Hart's megaphone. It was an elbow drop. But again, it was setting up a storyline for the future. Yeah, I know, I know genuine st- number one I know contender. Strike force be Hart Foundation with the toilets, but they were eliminated so easily. Yeah, I thought it was a bit more. You know, I would have thought they might make it to the end. Hart Foundation made it to at least the second last team on the heel team. But, uh, yeah. Great match, Reaper match, demolition identity. Yeah, <laughs> they're a fucking whopper. Uh, I really liked how the way every team comes out as they come out to one of the team's entrances and then the captain or in this case captaining team gets their own entrance yeah. I really liked that they went out to Demolition's music I believe and Demolition music is, is dead fucking whopper <laughs> Walking 
What like who takes care of Matilda while the Bulldogs are in the ring? Um, I don't know if anybody took her back. I know they are gonna do a pr- this. There is a feud between the Bulldogs and the Islanders, and the Islanders kidnap Matilda, and I think they threaten to eat her. Jesus, that's racist. That's fairly racist. Yeah, Tomo would do that though. Wouldn't I, think he? Ta- I think Tomo would eat a dog. <laughs> He's got. Not fairly so. You'd eat a dog if you had to eat a dog. I mean, they're, if you were going to starve to death, would you eat a dog? Would you eat a dog? Would you eat a dog? Like I'd definitely eat a dog if I if I was about to start to death. It'd be the killing of the dog, though. Yeah, that would that wreck me head. No, what I'm saying is, like, I'd have someone there to kill it and prepare it for me. No, if you're starving, would you have a slave? Eat the slave. You need a person before you eat a dog. Is that what you're saying? Easily, like really. In films, dogs, dogs are all sad. Okay, I feel like oh. I'm coming across as the bad guy here now. Oh, no. yeah. Okay, if you watch a film <laughs> and like a person gets killed, you're like, oh, oh you don't God, definitely shit, if a dog gets killed, you're like, like this is the worst um, thing I've ever called, seen. Um, I am Legend, the dog. Oh is I am no, legend. yeah, well, all right, Johnny Buzzkill. No, I'm just saying, like, fucking hungry Stop man. To me. <laughs> you're hungry, so you're no, I'm hungry now. Dog, no. <laughs> Can we not just call Vince McMahon and then call, yeah. tell him to call someone? Deliver us a few dogs. <laughs> I could ring Vince McMahon. Or I could ring a place that delivers dogs. <laughs> we'll tweet them. <laughs> For fuck's sake. Okay. The tag team, tag team match. Yeah. Uh, the Bolsheviks are eliminated when Boris Sukov is eliminated by Santana with his flying forearm. The Jacques Rougeau misses a diving crossbody and axe pins him to eliminate the Fabius Rougeaus. Smash then gets himself disqualified for hitting the ref and demolition her out. Santana is pinned by Neidhart, as I explained earlier, mm-hmm. with that elbowy thing. And that gets rid of strike force. The Dynamite Kid uh, eats a Savat kick off Haku and is pinned, eliminating the Bulldogs. Valentine, as I said earlier, is hit with a whopper diving sunset flip by Paul Roman, and that eliminates the new Dream Team. Leaving out, I think, two on two. Two teams versus two teams, so yeah. four versus four. Uh, Brehart is then eliminated by Brunzel, who rolled through on a crossbody attempt. And that gets rid of the Hart Foundation. And at the end, Tama gets hit by a masked B. Brian Blair, pretending to be Jim Brunzel with a sunset flip, eliminating the Islanders at 37 minutes and leaving the survivors to be the Young Stallions and the Killer Bass. Uh, which, neither team really, neither team at least won the titles. And the young stallions didn't really go on either. The yeah. KB is really after that. Very strange. Very strange decision, isn't it? Yeah, that like neither the Hart Foundation or Strike Force went over. But still a really good match. Before we get <laughs> oh, match oh, number four, we get a fucking phenomenal vignette. Can I of say? The, the debuting match. Highlight of the night. Highlight of the pay per view. So good. Oh my fucking god. This is his debut, is it? It's his. I don't know if he. I'd say he's wrestled. He's been on like. The whole footage they use is from old episodes of Superstars and stuff. So he's debuted at least, but this is his first pay per view appearance. It is the million dollar man, Ted DiBiase. So good. And he is fucking phenomenal. Every one of the vignettes that they go back to is amazing. amazing. And the way like he's just driving around his car and in his amazing Counting house. Counting his money and going yeah. peasants on the <laughs> yeah, All the rest of you are oh, like there trying to survive. I don't need this. I've got all my money already. Screw so you. Good. Oh. Um, he's a bollocks. He's an awful bollocks. Um, I don't, that woman who was barking looks a lot like Linda McMahon. I didn't, I, I didn't catch that, yeah. I, I thought it looked a lot like Linda McMahon. What I would say of all the people doing the challenges, 
like the kid doing the basketball and he kicks it away. I felt bad for him. He won down her knees. She she didn't do a convincing bark. I wouldn't no. have given her the money anyway. Bark. No, I, w- I wouldn't have. Given I agreed money with either. Virgil on his call. Yeah, there. Virgil. <laughs> um, like she did do a shit bark. Yeah. Can do better than that. Come on. Okay, you can get up. Get up. Yeah, she that does look like does Linda, look like Linda oh McMahon. So I don't know if it was or no, like you I know you know like Vince is a weirdo. Yeah. Here is a bit of trivia. This is the pay per view debut of Rob Van Dam. Yeah. The kid kissing his foot in the ring is one Mister Rob Van Dam. Fuck off. Yeah. yeah. His big sweaty foot is fucking RVD with his terrible looking haircut. Battle Creek, Michigan. <laughs> Battle Creek, Michigan. But that's fucking Whopper. The yeah. fact that he was like, yeah, pay-per-view yeah. debut about God knows how many years this before is he started our, This is our best trivia since, like, the first Tombstone at WrestleMania. Yes, that was good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, so, so if everybody says, what's the first pay-per-view at Rob Van Am, it's Survivor Series 87. Cool. There you go. Uh, it's not the invasion. What do you make of the whole Virgil character? Uh, it's a bit homoerotic, isn't it? Well, it's also a bit racist. racist. Yeah, his, his man slave is a black. That was yeah. That wasn't the thing that I thought I mean? of. Yeah, yeah. And you get and obviously they feud later on, but it's a bit kind of get this black lad to do everything from here's money, Virgil. Fucking, you know what I mean? Whereas you go and look over the other side of town, and they've got. Well, do they have any black lads here in NWA? Probably not. Uh, <laughs> no, I don't remember any black no, lads. They don't. No, they don't. I don't like. <laughs> That's very hillbilly town. Though. Um. I kind of like I don't know they kind of seem like mates at the same time as a mate as man slave though so I don't know yeah. but uh, yeah the all these vignettes are amazing the one with the pool is the one with the pool is brilliant make some clothes up the pool yeah. that's a great one like I have to I also s- love the way he's wearing the big gold chain on his hairy yeah. chest it's so badass uh, I have to <laughs> say like of all wrestlers vignettes ever my two favourite are definitely Million Dollar Man and Mr. Perfect like those are the best vignettes you will ever see yeah, yeah when you get that Mr. Perfect one it is fucking phenomenal all of them this is this is a massive highlight of pay-per-view and yeah. I, yeah. I it goes know, on for quite a long time as well I don't know what all the stalling is for the vignette is fine but then after that there's a really like elongated recap of the previous three matches by Gorilla and Jesse and they take ages doing it and I don't know why they just kind of start like, well, it's an entire pay-per-view with only four matches. Maybe they just needed to fill it out a bit. Yeah. Flesh it out a little yeah, bit. Yeah, just a little bit. Um, again, in their fleshing out, Jesse seems legitimately impressed with the jumper bomb ends. Yeah. He, yeah, he puts it, them over loads. These guys had a nice little chat here as well. Like, I, I, I enjoyed watching it. Like, you know, it seemed it was, like a legitimate chat. It yeah, like it was just like, they were just, they were just like shooting the shit and talking yeah. about what they had seen already. Like, you know, laugh. yeah, exactly. It was laugh. really good. Yeah, oh, I like that. Um, oh yeah, and then, they do more stretching out where Honky Tonk comes back to the kind of remember they used to kind of have a, mm. an area by the ringside where they do interviews and your man Craig DeGeorge does an interview with Honky Tonk and Jimmy Hart and he right he calls Savage out but he also calls Hogan out yeah he calls oh. for a title versus title match and that never happened did it well, like what was the to point my, of this to my knowledge it never happened I, could, I, well, like, I yeah. am I'm open to correction it definitely never happened on a paper yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it definitely never happened like, on a paper is Hunky just going into business for himself to try and get himself or did they have yeah. a plan and it just never happened like what's the story it's like bit, what's going it's on it's quite strange isn't it like it's yeah. a bit it's a, it's a bit odd alright
main event is the team of the debuting Ravishing Rick Rude, King Kong Bundy in his last appearance for seven years. Seven years. His next appearance will be Survivor Series 94. <sighs> the Natural Butch Reed, the one-man gang in his pay-per-view debut, and their team captain, Andre the Giant, against the team of the debuting Bam Bam Bigelow, Ken Patera, the f- face magnificent Don Morocco, who is banging the juice. Oh my <laughs> god, the size um, of them. Veins everywhere. Uh, Mr. Wonderful. Wonderful. They call him Mr. Wonderful. Paul Orndorff. Yep. And their team captain, the WF heavyweight champion, Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan! I have bad news. Hit this me. is the last WF pay-per-view appearance of Mr. Wonderful. Oh, man. He will be in WCW, but it won't be till about 92. So we'll have a while to get there. Yeah. And I'm sad. I'm sad. That makes me sad oh, as well. I'll, I'll, I'll go, I'll go, I'll go. The, the whole reason was... He wants to open a load of bowling alleys, right? And Jeez, I'm not even missing. No, no. Uh, Will they be wonderful the bowling alleys? Yeah, no. There's, there's a th- right. So basically, what happened was 1986. He was in the biggest feud of his career against Hulk Hogan. It was it won feud of the year in like Wrestling Observer and PWI and all that shit, right? But he injured himself while lifting weights. He injured his arm and should have gone for surgery. Didn't, didn't. because he was making all this fucking uber bread like loads of money. uber bread do you know what I mean so he was like fuck that I'm going to put it off and then obviously the, the thing with Hogan finished Yeah. so then he went to get the surgery and his arm was wrecked like he had fuck all strength in it like if he was in the gym his one of his arms would be much stronger than the other and he like got a load of what's it called atrophy like the muscle just started wasting yeah. on one of his arms yeah. so he just, just he went into kind of a retirement for about 3 or 4 years cause, and opened a few bowling alleys Oh, that's cool. Well, that was like it was, his, it was his choice, or what? Yeah. You know, yeah, so yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And then he eventually came out and went to WCW and that sort of thing. But I'm sad because he's whoop. He is dead. He's one very good. He's wo- I like the way his pants say hashtag one durful. Like, <laughs> no, the number one, like a fucking dead. So before the match, okay. What I'm most astonished by is the fact that on a three-hour pay-per-view, it was two hours. Six minutes and six seconds before Hulk Hogan showed on screen. Whereas the last WF pay per view, he had you see him all the three time. promos or something. It was fucking so over two hours yep. before he was on the screen, and he did not disappoint. He must oh. have been snorting every line yep. in the fucking oh. building. Not just him, the whole team oh. looks a yeah, bit. Yeah, they look fucking like, pretty wired. All just right. as well for them, there was no wellness policy back then because. Oh. <laughs> Jesus, especially Hogan, like he is just. They are all like rabid fucking animals, yeah. aren't they? About to be released. <laughs> well, I like, think I think that is basically what Hogan's promo is that everyone is an animal. We're all ready. We're all animals. I don't know what he said, but we're all snocked it up to the gills. Like <laughs> they are full of white stuff. Look how hungry they are, man! Look how hungry all the animals are, man! And all I get to say, there are no rules when you're dealing with Mother Nature. There's no insurance policy. You live, you die, you survive. But I tell you what, I've done everything I could to cover my back, man. Oh, you got these Look at them, man. Look how hungry they are. The natural food chain here doesn't matter, man. The larger animals like Andre the Giant, it doesn't matter. When they're this hungry, an animal like Ken Matera or Mr. Wonderful could eat them alive. 
I tell you something, man. I got my policy covered, brother. I got the magnificent one, the deep dark past. Do what he has to do to get us through this thing. I got the strongest in the world. I've got the fire, brother. Just in case we have to burn the whole jungle down. Uh, even ba- even bomb 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 is. Oh. In even though it was only brief, how do you, how would you expect Bam Bam Bigelow to do something that, to do what he did in this match without doing a couple of lives? Like Bam Bam came in and all the heels wanted Bam Bam slick Jimmy Hart, yeah, Bobby yeah. Heenan, but he went with the face Sir Oliver Humperdinck, who I've never even heard of before. He looks he looks like a Lord of the Rings of spin-off character. Um, Ken Patera. Alright, no star. Like yeah, he is just, yeah, yeah, of all just, the people on this team, he is the he's the least toast. credible person, I think. Like Morocco his career's on the wind down, even though his fucking juice oh, levels are going up. But you know what I mean? They're all at least at some point stars. I know Bam Bam's only building his star. What do you think of Hogan's bandana? Oh, it's it's fucking ridiculous. Isn't it? It's like an Australian hat. Mixed with a yeah, yeah. coming down the bottom. Yeah, yeah. Why is like, it there? Can we just talk about the promo? It's basically like me and Gene asking Hogan how he feels about the match, and Hogan going, ah! and then he's like, ask everyone else how they feel, and they all go, ah! and that's pretty much the whole promo. Ah! Ah! I'm really yeah. psyched up. Ah! I've done loads of coke. Ah! Bam Bam's bit is fucking deadly. What what's going on with Kempatera's ring gear? Like honestly, uh, his ring gear is poor. Do you know what he looks like? He's the arm strap on because he tore his bicep. He looks like Richard Simmons. He looks low as like Richard Simmons. Yeah. I, the thing is, um, you notice Jesse Ventura calls him a jailbird because um, him and Haku maybe could be wrong. Him, I think it was Haku. They after a house show two years previous or three years previous, they stopped by a, a McDonald's and it was closed. And they asked, could they have all the burgers they're about to throw away? Like, they'd give them money. And they said no. So him and, I think, okay, we'll put a, a brick through the window or whatever. Grand, right? Grand, yeah. yeah. How do you do? Police show up. They batter the police. <laughs> <laughs> so What a baby face. Uh, Patera ends up doing two years in prison. So that's why he's calling him a jailbird. Fuck it, two years? Yeah. Jesus. But they, like... Oh, they battered the police, they, yeah, but, like... They battered a, an officer, like... But yeah, he does two years. Okay, so, so that's why he's calling him the jailboard. And he was a heel all that time before, and they just for whatever reason brought him back as a face. I think they released a VHS called uh, "The Life of Ken Patera." Trying to show like him in like a soft. I don't, I don't know. Like yeah, it's probably Shawshank Redemption. Probably was Shawshank DVD at that stage. Now, no, nineteen eighty-seven. Did you say they released DVDs? I said VHS. <laughs> oh, did you? Yeah. Oh, you'll fucking hear it on this <laughs> audio, <laughs> you prick. Right? All right. Okay. <laughs> you'll, you'll just hear it like. Oh yeah, they released a VHS. That's <laughs> <laughs> so, the Falcons. Yeah. <laughs> so before we get into the match, Mullican, um, Hogan, Hogan, Hogan yeah. Patera, definitely Rick, Rick Rude. Rude. Yeah, I think that might be it. Um, Gang, his ho- no, well it's no it's short on top and long at back. Yes, it's the middle of his head is shaved, isn't it? No, no, he's got, no, a, mohawk he's got a mohawk that's long at the back. A knacker tail. I, That's not a mohawk, though. It's it's business at the front, long at the back, yeah. party at the back. You know, that's uh, what we said last time for uh, Road Warriors. We, yeah, we did. We gave Animal one. Yeah. So All right, go, yeah. on, okay. go on, go on, go on, go on. Mr. Humperdinck outside. I would say he's he's got one. Seventeen. All right. Seventeen mullets. We are on now. That's that is impressive. 
Christ, I'm a little boy. <laughs> uh, what about Joey Morella, the ref? The ref. Can I call it? Can I call it? Mm, it's, no. it's on the way. I okay, say it's okay, quite okay. There, That's yeah. another great thing with, um, uh, just to hark back to what we were talking about, uh, Jesse Ventura and yeah. like, his excellent commentating, talking about this ref. Yeah, he's, he's always in uh, in Hulk Hogan's biggest matches, like you know. You, you know what he's doing there? Well, he's Gorilla Monsoon's son. Yeah. Oh no way! Yeah. yeah. Well, no, he See, was in that big match, and that's why. But I think he does it a bit more just to, to kind of wind up. To wind up I, on I got a I got a distinct um, kind of heelish ref vibe off this guy. No, but he no he's he he he, 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 he fucking Hogan's he, thing though. He was the one who counted the three for like he he always goes. Oh, he, this Joey Morella is like you know useless. He's always looking out for Hogan. Yeah, and then I think he does a good thing in this. And he's like, I can't believe Joey Morella called that. He's usually like looking the other way when all these things. You see, happen. I got it. Like he was, he was, he like on multiple occasions he stopped Hogan from wrestling. Like okay. he went over and he hugged um, Rampatera and all. Yeah, yeah, Remember? Yeah. And Andre the Giant was in the ring. Yeah, but then he was like, No, no, you tagged Patera. Yeah, yeah. Patera's in now. Like you know. And then at the end as well, he eliminates oh, yeah, Hogan. I think, the, I think the whole thing. And was, fucking yeah. um, what's his name? Uh, King Kong Bundy and. Um, whoever else was left Roman Gang Roman Gang they, yeah. they weren't eliminated even though yeah. they were outside the ring as well but Hogan was well they weren't the legal men okay fair enough yeah, yeah. yeah okay true 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 okay. okay but still I don't know Just you know you know what weird. is kind of strange I go back to earlier in the first match remember I said Butch Reed was meant to get the yeah. Intercontinental title but no showed so they just put him in the main event like why wasn't he told to fucking hit the bricks don't they mention yeah, that yeah. in this match that uh, it was meant to be superstar Billy Graham originally on that team and at the last minute he pulled out and they no, put he was on the face team. team oh was he he oh, was he on was the face team and one man gang and Don Morocco attacked him oh no sorry one man gang and Butch Reed attacked him ah, and Don Morocco ran I knew to it was save something him to do with Butch Reed face. yeah but it's um, still weird that they kept him around after but it would have been really weird having superstar Billy Graham and Hogan on the same team that, but that was the whole thing he, but he'd had a hip replacement and couldn't wrestle yeah so he was like that was li- right. that was always an angle he never he was, was going to wrestle he was never going to wrestle ah. but but we talk about all the juice right? <laughs> so much <laughs> no, no 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 how good is the shape of Ravishing Rick Rude well they he call is. him Ravishing for a reason no man. he he earns that title he deserves that title he is oh to be honest with you, the only guys who aren't in good shape in this match the are, the, are the fat cunts, yeah. <laughs> and there's a few of them. You could say the same thing for pretty much every single wrestler on this show. Yeah. They all look fucking in great they, shape. But you know what the thing about the fat cunts is? They're not obnoxiously fat. Do you know what? Like, mm. Maybe Bundy. Or no, maybe not Bundy, sorry. Maybe one well, man. Gang. Gang, gang, yeah, yeah. But like, because, it's because he has small legs, though. Obviously, Andre is... Andre, he can be whatever shape he fucking wants to be. Yeah. But oh, they're all deadly. Yeah, the like the thing is about them all being in great shape. Like this is around the time when, even if they weren't expressly told to go on the juice, yeah. they were kind of told you're a bit small there. Yeah. Do yeah, something, yeah. Do about, something it. about it. Yeah. yeah. Without like you know. Yeah. Obviously. That's uh, Bam Bam Bigelow Bigelow is fucking deadly, deadly in this match. He's deadly. fucking dead he's, in his right, He's mad strong. Gorilla pressing lads. Yeah. Yeah. Then he's doing shit like Real cartwheels, yeah. drop kicks, slingshot splashes, and fucking the way the way he rolls around the ring to get away from Andre at the That's end. That's brilliant. Steady. That's re- really. Like, like, cool. Jesus, like, like, haven't seen anything like that. No. Yeah. You know, especially from a lad his size. Yeah. yeah. Expect it from a Ricky a Ricky Steamboat. Yeah. But not a lad who's like pu- pushing three twenty. Like, but even like you wouldn't even. I I don't think you'd see that from Ricky Steamboat like around this time anyway. Like you know, like mm, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I think I thought it was innovative as well. No, yeah, regardless yeah, yeah, yeah. of the size, no, like, was, you know, I, I'll agree with you. Jesus Christ! Uh, one thing that I thought was weird was why was Hogan coming out with the US flag? Like, 
because Andre is from Belgium. He's oh, not he's French, from isn't he? he's French. whatever. He's not American. So he's a dirty foreigner. Yeah, they're all dirty foreigners if they're not American. Dirty foreigner. And he's coming for you. They yourself. all have lovely bottoms. <laughs> sure, don't they all have dirty foreigners? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I noticed a bit. Everyone got heat on road, right? Yeah, and he bumps for everyone. He bumps. He's oh a fucking bump machine. But the thing I noticed is when they tagged in and out, everyone got popped bar to- 10 Patera. <laughs> no, Bigelow they went mad for Bigelow everyone they were like fucking yeah and then Patera got tagged in it was like oh. I thought um, oh, like, the way it was booked was like they should have kept Rude in for longer because he was like bumping making the faces yeah. look deadly and once he so, went so the out big fat lads didn't have to do any work yeah, they yeah. can't really do much work yeah that was the thing yeah. once he once he went out like the rest of the team couldn't get that kind of like get the baby faces over as much but um <laughs> the the great part about the commentary in this match is earlier mm. on in the women's match Jesse yeah. Ventura went on about how the, the women kept pulling each other's hair and they had so much hair that like they should really shave it off because yeah. they stopped pulling their hair yeah. and then when it gets down to like King Kong Bundy and Bam Bam Bigelow he's like we know hair pulling here they've he got lo- sensible haircuts he loves talking about hair pulling he loves <laughs> yeah. it he's like and you know what? Now, Gorilla, they can't cheat because there's no hair. And then he says the only way you can tell uh, Bam Bam Bilo and King Kong Bundy apart is the tattoos. Apart from the fact that they're wearing totally different attire. Yeah, and, and one has facial hair. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm missing te- too. I do like the way they teased Hogan and Andre coming to blows. Yeah. And then he hugged Ken Patera on the outside. Yeah, that's what I was and, talking about earlier no, on. No, yeah. I like the way they teased that. I like the way you were like, Sh- you know, Oh, they're gonna, you know, they haven't, they haven't t- been in a ring together since WrestleMania, which was six months ago. And imagine that, like, six months they haven't been in a ring. Yeah. Like, that's. They you built never it up. hear that these no, days. No, no, not these days. Like, Can I mean, you imagine the frustration of the crowd that's there at the moment, though? But, like, kind of their build to see Hogan be uh, Andre, Andre. the Giant. Yeah. And they don't get it. They they do, don't they? They for get it for a minute. At the end, yeah, he comes in and he cracks him with the title belt. No, but they, for briefly in the match, they do get it, but then he gets counted out. Hogan does. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What I am surprised is the fact that Hogan wasn't the one who knocked everybody out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They put Bigelow over big time. He took out... He was there on his own against Andre, One Man Gang and King Kong Bundy and he took out Gang and Bundy and yeah. then obviously fell to Andre because they wanted to keep Andre strong. But I thought that was fucking great. Yeah, they were really They, they were really up, pushing him. Like, yeah. yeah. Don't know what the eventual well, like, the idea he, was, he, what um, they planned. I watched Saturday Night's main event after that and he main evented against uh, Hercules. And this is Hercules we're talking about. He dragged a great match out of Hercules yeah. and beat the shit of him and went over, obviously, but it was fucking deadly, look. Yeah, but, like, what and was and the eventual f- plan for Big Love? I don't know, like, like what it, the eventual plan was. He event- like he went. I think he went to NWA in 89 anyway, so he'd only be with them for another year. And a yeah, bit, yeah, yeah, yeah. But they, it seemed like they did have a big plan for him, but it obviously never came to fruition. No, like, they obviously... He, he shot to the top so yeah. quickly. Yeah. Like, yeah. So, good main event. Great, great main, main event. event. Yeah. yeah. The eliminations. Reed is eliminated forced after three minutes via... Typical Coke Hogan leg drop because they had to get that in the match yeah. somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Ken Patera is eliminated by the one man gang with a freaky Bowie looking clothesline. <laughs> uh, Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff is eliminated by Rude with a roll up with a handful of tights. Classic old school heel. Rude is then next to be eliminated by Morocco with a whopper looking scoop power slam. It's fucking deadly. Morocco is then next to be eliminated by one man gang with a 747 splash. Hogan gets eliminated by Count Out. Keep him strong. Because yeah. Bundy and Gang prevent him from getting back to the ring. And then Bundy's eliminated by Bigelow with his deadly slingshot splash for a lad his size. Gang 
Boom and Gang misses the top rope splash on Bigelow pins him. And then Andre hits Bigelow with a double underhook suplex. To Which a very fucking dangerous looking double underhook yeah, suplex. On a big huge lad. Like, yeah. yeah. Uh, to bring the match to the close at 22 minutes on the sole survivor mm. is Andre the Giant but Hogan runs in 7 seconds after the I knew I, I, I called it seven, I called that like, at the start didn't even as soon give as Hogan's eliminated I was like 7 seconds back. after the final fall comes in and attacks Andre with his belt then poses for over 5 and a half minutes as his music plays again Jesse Ventura does a great job of making the baby face seem like what, the, what are you doing that? And like, you didn't win the match what are you talking yeah, about for yeah. Gorilla has no argument and like you're like yeah Jesse's completely right Hogan's an asshole what's he doing like uh, why is Andre, he attacking him Andre joined won the match fairly might I add there were the only like I said the only cheating thing was the, the holding the toys by Rick yeah. Reeled yeah, yeah yeah so one elimination out of five was wrong yeah that count, like that count out thing was completely within the rules though do you know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, well, like, yeah, yeah I suppose they kind of took advantage of the rules. Yeah, stretched but, yeah, they, but, but it they never broke them. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? It wasn't like they, like... Like, and then Hogan comes out, attacks him with his belt, and then yeah, poses in the ring as though he's won yeah. the match. But Five minutes. That's to, that's to put the, the in-arena crowd home happy. Yeah. The crowd watching on TV and pay-per-view got the promo with Mean Gene interviewing Heenan and Andre, and what I thought was really cool was he was like he's not getting his hands on Andre the only time he'll get his hands on Andre is when he signs on the dotted line yeah. he was like saying yeah that was really good the money we want the money yeah. and then we'll fight you Hogan and I thought that was whopper and then I also liked the way Andre said the reason he survived is because he's smart not because he's a better wrestler or anything he was like he's a smart like he barely got in the ring he yeah. you know yeah. what I mean I thought it was a pretty cool end of show promo and then Jesse and uh Gorilla kind of closes out with a little just saying happy Thanksgiving everybody etc etc um, that's it so we'll do I think best and worst first and then we'll compare it to Starcade because they went head to head fair enough I think that's fair so would one of you like to go first on your best and worst Um, I'll go okay it's, it's yeah I'll go anyway uh, I'm going to give the worst match obviously the women's match um, are we going to include the women's match in this? Uh... Yeah, all four matches. Yeah, yeah, women's match. Yeah. gets my vote for worst match. Best match is, for me is the tag team match. The tag team, tag team match. Tag, yeah. team, tag team match. Yeah, okay. I thought that was amazing. Right. Like I just, I was like sitting there watching it, and I was just thirty-seven minutes. Like. I was completely enthralled. I yeah. didn't even fucking, I didn't cop on at all that it was yeah. thirty-seven minutes. It was amazing. Like I just thought it was really good. Yeah. Why was really women's match the worst match? Um, just like for the reasons I mentioned earlier on like of course it's a much better match than what you'd be used to from women from women wrestlers around this time um, for whatever reasons maybe just because you know just because of the nature of the business at the time but um, like I found myself kind of like watching them as they were wrestling and just being kind of pulled out of the, the illusion a little bit whereas and then it got into the tag match afterwards and uh, I was just like fucking hell this is brilliant like you know it was like I watched the women's match and I watched the tag match and just the contrast in terms of believability was just huge yeah you know what you mean. so that was my uh, that was my reason for the women's match being the worst match was the believability yeah. that's that's decent enough yeah I'd, uh, I'd go with the same two um, not that the women's match is bad or no, anything it's like bad. it's just there's only four matches and the other three were all really good yeah, they're so all like amazing. it's not like I'm saying like I would, the women's match was better than I expected from a 1987 right. women's match but just 
the other three were deadly and I have to agree the tag team just for the novelty of it it's the only it's so tag team Survivor Series match that I can remember is the was one there. on the next one and okay, well, be the last one yeah. so like two in the history of the last 20 something yeah, years and like 40 years the almost. novelty of it the fact that they had such an amazing tag team division that Sunday could get 10 teams that were all proper yeah. tag teams and just a really good match excellent I would Agree. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, there's so only I, four matches. There's I, not. I know, it's, I know. Hard, it's hard to choose, choose but um, best match is is the tag team tag team match. Uh, the depth of the tag team division is one thing that just is excellent and something that is not around today. None of the teams seem like jobbers. No. You know the way, like every now and again on current WWE program, and there's like maybe a fatal four way tag team title match. And you'd call it between two teams. Yeah, because they'll you'd have be, Los Matadors. Yeah, or one of those. And, and you'll be like, they're not winning it. And they're not winning it. Yeah. Whereas that thing is like, literally any of those, t- like, ten, ten teams. And at ten least eight teams, of them yeah. could yeah. be tag team champions. Yeah, exa- yeah definitely. Um, how many of them were? Demolition, Heart Foundation, Bulldogs, Old Dream Team, I suppose. Yeah, you know um, what I mean? Like, strike Force. Strike Force. The Rajals might have been at some point. I could be completely wrong. They could have been when they were heel, I think, yeah. Yeah, maybe. When they had that deadly music. Which we will can't wait to get can't to. Wait. They might be heels at the next Survivor Series. Oh. But, um, yeah, that's why that is. And it was non-stop action. It was, like, just action, 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 action. Yeah, it, it was, was no, great. like, Rest Holes only came into it when there was, like, maybe eight men left. And that was fair enough, and they had to work the psychology, and that was brilliant. I don't want to call the women's match the worst match. I want to call it the least good match yeah that's, yeah. A, that's a great way do you know what I mean it's a great because way I would not call a match in this worst no it wasn't bad because worst is a very negative term I would just say the least best match it was it the was, fourth best it was the fourth yeah that's the great, fourth yeah. best match on this card because I still enjoyed it and if someone said do you want to watch a women's match from the 80s I'd go yeah there's only one I want to watch so <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, you know, pay per view wise anyway yeah yeah. It, like yeah you've got a couple of elms and a couple of green as grass girls but the Glamour Girls, the Jumping Bomb Angels, uh, Sherry and Velvet McIntyre. They were brilliant. They were all yeah. great workers. Yeah. I thought they... Yeah, there was a few hiccups here and there. It's just the way women worked, maybe. They don't work that bad anymore. But it was just... I think it might have been the way they were taught by women of previous generations yeah, as well. Definitely. You know, sort of definitely. And, but in general, very passable match. Did not feel like 20 fucking minutes. No, either. didn't. No, 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 no. Flew no, through. No. And... So that's what I don't want to say it's worst, but it's le- yeah, fourth best. Fourth it was best. Definitely match. the best women's match that we've seen so far. Gee, and I tell you, it's going to be the best show. women's match until See we get to while, probably yeah. the mid nineties at least. Yeah. Um, so, as we mentioned earlier, Survivor Series happened on the same night as Starcade '87. Uh, we said Vince went to the companies uh, and was a bastard. So he went to pay per view companies and got. Starcade blocked off most companies so in the end Survivor Series drew 325,000 pay-per-view boys whereas Starcade drew 20,000 pay-per-view boys so over 300,000 less yeah. people homes purchased it how would you compare the two Starcade and Survivor Series um, if you remember last the last episode I kind of said that um, Starcade was on pretty much a kind of an even keel throughout the entire thing um, like there was no real kind of high points or low points mm-hmm. to that event and I kind of found myself losing interest in it because of it but 
comparing this to uh, this like to Survivor Series '87, like fucking hell, the the difference in quality. Well, it, yeah. the difference in in what I perceive as quality um, and what I enjoyed. Yeah, like it was just amazing. Survivor Series gets my vote straight away. Like no no questions asked. Yeah. Like obviously, like I personally think it's obvious. Yeah, you know, um, um, for me. In our last episode, we had said, I think we all agreed that at least in ring wise, Starcade was the best show we'd reviewed so far. Yeah. In ring wise, anyway. Obviously, production values left an awful lot to be desired. But then, it, it, like, if you had a time machine to go back to 1987, right, and someone said, there's these two wrestling pay per views on tonight, which one are you going to pay $20 for, or whatever it was? It'd have to be Survivor Series. Oh, definitely. Like, the production value far su- like surpassed Starcades. It was ridiculous. The crowd looked amazing. The light, like, the, the ring looked, you know, it was like, it looked, am- like, the one in Starcade looked like it was just in a gym. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, like we said, the in-ring stuff in Starcade wasn't bad. There was... But the in-ring really stuff in Survivor stuff. Series was yeah. fucking amazing. And also only four matches against seven, whatever. But still wins though. It's a, it's a handicap for a one hundred percent rating with Survivor Series. Yeah, every match was good versus sixty percent maybe for Starcade. And they were don't get me wrong, they were good matches and enjoyable, but it was just a little bit lesser. Yeah, of a show. Okay, so I'm gonna move all cards for Survivor Series. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, what I would say is I think it's more fair... Well, I know they were on the same night, but in some ways I think it's more fair to compare this pay-per-view to previous WWF pay-per-views. Okay, and this yeah. like, is by far the best WWF pay-per-view true, we've watched, in my true. opinion. like It's so much better. Like I would have put Starcade above anything else WWF had done to this point. Right. And I assume they probably raised their game because they knew they were going in direct competition. And Survivor Series was better than Starcade, but... That doesn't mean Starcade was a bad show. No, it doesn't. No, it's a great show. It was the best show we've seen so far. If you listen to our last episode, you'll know that we enjoyed it. We like applauded it at the end. Not not, literally, but like (laughs) we lauded it. Yeah, yeah, no, you know what I mean. We were nice. That was the. That's a good word to use. I like that. Is that correct word? Yeah, I think so. I just, I like. It feels like we're being a bit negative about Starcade now, but Starcade was still really good, but Survivor Series was fucking deadly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Starcade yeah. was really good, but Survivor Series was fucking deadly. That's yeah. that's that's the sentence, that's I it. think. Yeah. So, yes. Right, before we close up, if you like what we do, give us a little like on the Facebook page, facebook.com slash BGA podcast, I think it is. If it's not, just search. Yeah, it should be too fucking hard to find. There's not going to be many. There's not going to be many. I think that brings us to a conclusion of this episode. Yep. Um, that was WF Survivor Series 1987. Next up is NWA's Bunkhouse Stampede 88. I and can't wait to watch that. We will see you then. Bye bye. <laughs> you didn't even say goodbye, lads. Ah, oh, see you later. Bye bye. Okay, you can get up. Get up.